Welcome to another edition of Something Came From Baltimore. Tonight, I have the honor to speak with saxophonist Gerald Albright. Gerald Albright is a true jazz superstar. He worked as a session player and worked with Patrice Russian's band before he went solo. And in 1987, he released his first album, Just Between Us. And in a weird way, the rest is history. Gerald Albright has released one chart-topping album after another, and in 2016, he released G on his own label, Bright Music Records, and now he is back to celebrate his 30th year as a solo artist with the album aptly titled 30. What's great about this record that it is not just a greatest hits record, but it's an updated remix of some of his music classics like Bermuda Nights, New Beginnings, and Suki Suki. 30 will be released on May 18th, and I recently had a chance to chat with Gerald about this project the Summerhorns, and we are catching up with the talented Albright family. Gerald Albright, thank you for joining me on Something Came From Baltimore. You're welcome, Thomas. How are you? I'm great. You're extremely busy this year, and I want to get into that shortly, but first I have to ask a burning question about your shirts. They are awesome. Where do you get them? Well, now I have them made, actually. Uh, there's a gentleman named Larry Cooper in Los Angeles that has been actually making my clothes for several years and uh a lot of people always ask me about my shirt that you know but that's the look that i decided to go for and it was it was kind of something that i found on a whim so to answer your question i, I get the shirts from all over there's not like one specific place that i get them but just here lately over the past few months i've had my tailor in in los angeles to make them i don't think people realize that you have that sax solo in patrice russian's forget me nots it's just a couple bars but you kind of kill it and it's it's from 1982 and did you ever expect this song to have the shelf life that it has now i did not i mean when i first recorded it with patrice you know i loved the song initially and uh was honored to be a part of it but it was it was no way for us at that time to forecast how well it would do at radio and also in terms of record sales and even slots in certain movies like Men in Black. I'm proud for her, for her success, and I'm also proud to be a part of that uh, recording session where I did the tennis sack solo. One of the first albums that I ever found of yours was the Will Downing Pleasure of the Night CD. I can't believe it's 20 years. Have you ever thought of just doing another vocal album again? Uh, yeah, actually, every time I work with Will now, which is few in number, I mean, we, we do our own respective tours now, but every time we get together, let's say on a jazz festival or something, uh, we, we talk about round two of, of that particular concept, and we get a lot of... Uh, request from my fans to do it and it honestly just hasn't happened yet just because of 
other duties that we've been doing, you know, respectively with our own careers. But uh, who knows? It may come back around and we'll be able to do it again. But I love working with vocalists. Um, my favorite vocalist right now, actually, is my daughter, Selena. Uh, yeah, that was... <laughs> Who's been touring with me uh, for quite a while now. And uh, she's just really coming on strong. I'm very proud of her. Grew two sizes in two years. Smile is stretched from ear to ear. Had to get new lingerie. Throw all them bridal gifts away. My dresses fit me extra tight. But the look on your face says you like it all right. Yes, your love makes me want to eat something. She had an album that came out in uh, 2017 called Conversation. She's, yeah. She's starting to book out her tour this summer. She seems to be all over the place. Yeah, she's doing very well. We work together, but she also has her own, you know, experiences and contacts where she works with other artists, other, you know, saxophonists and other, you know, a lot of people who she calls her uncle, like Uncle Rick Braun, Uncle Richard Elliott. <laughs> And uh, so, uh, and Uncle Dave Cause. So she's gotten around to a lot of the guys in the industry uh, as their premier featured vocalist. And uh, she's well-deserving. I'm very, very proud of her. Yeah. There was a long time ago that I read that your wife had a dessert company. It's called Just Sweet Enough. It's kind of groundbreaking that she's doing a like a, a low sugar. Is it low fat also on her desserts? Because uh, now that's yeah. kind of in the rage. You know, she loves the culinary arts. And, and as long as I've known her, we've been together a total of 46 years. She has uh, just loved to, uh, you know, be in the kitchen using some of her, her mom's and her grandmother's recipes and then developing her own recipes. And Just Sweet Enough is just one of her companies. Uh, now she's parlayed into a company called Albright Cuisine, which is the comfort food side of what she does. The JustSweetEnough.com side is is more health conscious, but she now has a poultry coating mix and uh, a waffle mix that is doing very, very well. And uh, so she's staying very busy, and I'm very proud of her as well. Have you, have you ever thought of like just actually doing a restaurant, the Albright's? Yeah, we've been <laughs> talking about it, but what's been happening lately uh, case in point, a few weeks ago, uh, I performed at the Burst Jazz Fest, mm -hmm. and what the what the promoter uh, John Ernesto decided to do, along with uh, the Hilton by DoubleTree location in Reading, Pennsylvania, uh, we decided to partner with them, and we did what was called a pop up restaurant, and they have an area as you walk into the restaurant where. It's, uh, it can be converted into anything. It could be maybe just a sitting area or a study where you can read or have a cup of coffee. Well, during the jazz festival, they made the Albright Cuisine pop-up restaurant that featured her chicken and waffles. Mm. And it, it went over extremely big. So uh, we're kind of going with that pop, that, uh, that particular concept now, maybe going around the country doing pop-up restaurants all over. Uh, but she does travel with me a lot now, and it's been very, very nice, you know, to have, you know, her along with me because not only is she my companion, but she, you know, she digs in the trenches along with me and gets, you know, part of the business done that needs to be taken care of on the road. So it's a win-win both ways. Yeah, I met uh, Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr., and I all they have to do is look at each other, and they know, you know, just a side look, a straight look, and they know each other with what's going on. 
So it's a it's a it's yeah. a teamwork that you can't explain to anyone else for anyone else has been together for that long. It, it's funny you should mention them, Tom. Uh, they're one of my favorite couples, and I've known them for a long, long time. I don't get a chance to see them as much as I would love to, but every time I see them, you can just see the love and you see the camaraderie and, and the respect and and feel the history that they've had, you know, over the years. And it's a tough business to to you know have multiple decades together in, but they have really weathered a lot of storms, and um, and they look great. They, you know, they still have that youthful look about them as well. So you would open up a textbook and say, "This is what being professional is." It would be those two. You know, so your your daughter put out the, her album and wasn't on a major label. So in the last two years, you put out G, which is a fantastic album, and you kind of uh, decided to go the the somewhat solo route yourself. You basically had so much time in the business, and it was probably easier to rely on a label. And was this a hard decision for you to make? It really wasn't, to be honest. You know, at, at every point of my life, I always step back and I kind of uh, take an assessment of where I am in the present. And about uh, three, maybe four years ago, I had one of those uh, soul-searching moments, and I started looking at just my whole business model of, you know, that I've had for many years, and and I asked myself, okay, is this model still working after all these decades? And uh, and it was not, and so I decided to go chapter by chapter and start altering. Uh, those components of my business model to my benefit, to my family's benefit. And so um, I decided after all those years of being with major labels, I started doing the math of, uh, you know, uh, how much the labels were taking uh, monetarily and um, what they were doing with regards to promotion and marketing and um, discovered that I could do a lot of this stuff myself you know, especially with the relationships that I've gathered over the years, the fan base that I've leveraged over the years. And uh, so I decided to take a step out on say, Tom, and say, well, look, you know, I I can do this, you know, by myself or with a small, you know, staff of, of uh, team members. And I put out the G album and it was as successful or actually more successful than if I had uh, a record company involved. So, you know, it, it wasn't a hard decision. It was it, the hardest part was was really writing the email to the CEO of the company and saying, "Hey, I'm you know I'm not picking up my option this this year. Uh, I'm doing something different." Because you know we had a business relationship, but we also had a dear friendship of many many years. So it was hard to let go of that. And we still have a friendship, and we still respect one another. But um, but it was just kind of move on and take on another complexion of a business model that just really worked for me and. And so now, currently, I have my own record company. I'm self-managed. Uh, I'm diversifying into other uh, uh, business deals and things like that. So it's it's a step out on faith, but it's also fun, you know. And I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, a G was a was a passion album for you, where you basically played all the instruments, and you had this guy named Chris Davis who just keeps on appearing. He's on your new album, and uh, he's just fantastic. Does he just appear at your studios, or do you invite him in, or how's that work with him? Chris, uh, 
affectionately call me Big Dog. Uh, <laughs> big, big, big Dog uh, is a big part of my team. Uh, he not only works with me in the studio, but he's also part of my touring band as my keyboardist and, and my musical director. And, uh, you know, it was just a very lucky find. You know, I, I met him years ago on some other situations, and we decided to work together, and it just fit like a glove. And we started doing songwriting production together, and we just love what we do. And these days, uh, thank God, you know, he lives in Connecticut. I live in Colorado. But through technology, we use our own respective studios to do our works, and uh, and it, it works out really, really great. And, and I've had a lot of fun with him. He's, he's a dear friend and, and a great colleague. You know, it's just a couple more days, and they got your release of 30. 30 years in the business, and I like what you're doing here. You're not just doing a greatest hits album. You're just taking some of the major songs that, that you've that your fans love and that you love playing, and, and you've just reworked them. Mm-hmm. The first song is uh, Just Between Us. Here is a sample of the 1987 recording of Just Between Us. And then here is the 2018 version featured on 30. So um, 
I'm in a good place. You have uh, Selena coming back just in one vocal for uh, Come Back to Me, which is a really great song. Did you add extra lyrics? No, uh, basically what I did, um, I gave her the original. Uh, not only is she a great vocalist, but she's a great vocal arranger. Mm -hmm. And in, in the earlier days when she was just getting her feet wet in the business, you know, I would sit down and I'd say, okay, Selena, I need the vocals to be this way, that way. We need this kind, this type of approach. Uh, nowadays, I just send her a track and I say, Selena, I need vocals on this track. You know what to do. Daddy's taught you, and you you developed your own style. Just bring me some vocals back uh, that I can uh, make a hit record with. And so that's what she did. I gave her total autonomy uh, for the vocal arrangement, and uh, she came back with what you're hearing. And I'm just delighted at the work that she did on it. Um, so, you know, she, like Big Dog, you know, we, we get in the studio and we just crank and it's just comfortable. Uh, and, you know, it's daddy-daughter time, you know. So it's really relaxed and it's, it's comedic, you know. It's uh, passionate. You know, we get down to business at the same time and it comes out um, with some wonderful flavors. You know, the only downside to putting this record together is that I couldn't fit all of the tunes that I love and that my fans love uh, on one project. You know, it would have been probably a, a 10 or 12 CD project. You know? Yeah, sure. But uh, we think we got a great representation on this new uh, 30 project. And uh, uh, we, we definitely will work on bringing Groovology back in some kind of way in the near future. Perfect. The first Summer Horns, I believe, had the album first, and then you kind of tore it off the album. This one will be a lineup, and is there an album coming after that? No, actually, the album is coming out in June. Uh, we just finished it uh, about a month and a half ago, and uh, um, Rick Braun produced it for us. He did a great job, and uh, uh, so we're excited about it. And it's, it's called Summer Horns A to Z, and we, uh, we went through different uh, genres of music, and uh, I don't want to give the whole surprise away, but, you know, we went, you know, from everything from R&B to pop to, to blues to funk. Uh, we, we did it all in this project. And uh, the upcoming tour will reflect not only those energies, but energies from the previous Summer Horns project. So we're excited about it. And, and starting next month, month we go into rehearsals. Uh, for what will be a, probably a three or four month tour. Uh, what kind of advice would you give someone, or or what do you know now that you didn't know before? They're they're total Oprah questions. Well, you know, I I, I feel like I've learned a lot of lessons Tom, over the years, and um, if I could rewind tape to some of those earlier chapters, uh, I would do them differently. Um, I, I think nowadays. Uh, well, not only nowadays, but at any point, uh, a person who, who would like to take a stab at this business, I think you really have to develop your own brand. I think that's going to be the cornerstone of success uh, in this business. There's a lot of cookie-cutter, uh, copycat type of artists out there now that, that all sound the same, both vocally and instrumentally. And I think uh, you, you need to have a unique thing about you that makes people remember what you do and how you sound and um i think it's imperative to have a strong brand and then at the same time have a great business sense about the music business it really is a business mm -hmm. and it's not just about learning an instrument or going out there singing and uh letting all your money fly away it's really about seeing where every dollar goes 
why it went there, you know, take a, a constant assessment of what's going on in your career. Um, be careful of managers, be careful of agents, be, you know, just try to get the cream of the crop of people in the business that uh, will serve you well, because after all, they're representing your career. And you don't get too many shots in this business. So uh, if you get a good shot, you want to have a good team that's going to represent you well and and people that you can trust, you know. Um, so that would be the best advice initially, just kind of an overview of, of advice that I could give somebody at this present, the present time. So it looks like uh, we, got, we got a new album coming out, 30. You got the Summer Horns coming out in June. You'll be on tour. You never seem to stop touring. Like, you know, there's some artists that'll just do summer only. You're, you're a road warrior. You've been out there and you constantly are kind of working that road. Um, does that wear you down or you feel like you, does it, you get energy from that? Well, both. I mean, you know, I think the hardest part is the travel. I always say that I do my performances for free, but I get paid for the travel. Uh, so uh, I just got back uh, literally from Lagos, Nigeria, uh, about a week and a half ago. And, you know, if I had to assess that experience, I would say that the most energy was, was exerted on the travel, going to and from, and the logistics behind the travel, you know, getting you know, work visas and dealing with immigration going in and out of countries and things like that. Um, so, uh, but no, I, I still love it, Tom. I, um, as I tell people jokingly, I always keep a bag packed, you know, in case I get called for a gig. But uh, as I get older, I've been a lot more selective about the gigs that I do. Uh, I, was, I was asked to go on the Phil Collins tour uh, late last year. And... Um, you know, that would have taken me out of town for probably five or six months. I don't know what the, the actual length of that tour was, but when Phil decides to tour, he tours the world. So yeah. uh, uh, I decided against it uh, uh, for a couple of reasons, just because it's, it's wear and tear, you know, as, as you get older. And, and the other thing was I really wanted to uh, exercise my brand, as I spoke of earlier, you know, just really getting to the career of Gerald Albright. Uh, and I couldn't do both. I couldn't be on the road with Phil and also satisfy the needs of my career. So um, it was just really about pushing that career forward, you know, the Gerald Albright career. Uh, so, you know, touring, is, you know, we, we do selective things now. I'm mainly going out on weekends um, and coming right home, you know, so I can be with the wife and, and visit the kids and things like that. Uh you know, un unless a tour is too great to turn down, I, you know, I, I won't go on those three or four month tours, I mean, you know, where they're consistently out for three or four months. That's, that's, that's a lot of, uh, energy exertion, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. You start to break down, you know, just the, the, um, lack of sleep, the, 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 the hotel rooms and the bad food, it just kind of gets to you. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and people like Phil Collins, I mean, they really tour well. They obviously use the best hotels, the best travel accommodations. The staff is second to none. And and even after, you know, a month or two of that, you, it, it starts to wear and tear. You know, it, it, it's it's uh, a, a different type of energy. But uh, that said, I've, I've enjoyed all of my time with Phil Collins. You know, I was touring with him starting in the late 90s, and it uh, uh, was just, you know, a great experience, a learning experience for me, you know, doing shows on that caliber, that level, 
And uh, Phil, uh, in his own right, was a great guy to work for. Jared Albright, thank you so much for taking your time out with talking to me today. And we can't wait to, to hear your music and also see you out on the road this year. Uh, thank you so much for your support as well. It's a pleasure to talk to you, Tom, and have a blessed time. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you.